0: It is Tour Live. It's Neil Atkinson with Mike Bankhall, with Keo New and with Gareth Roberts to talk about Liverpool's fantastic 2 0 win in the San Siro. Your comments will come through as the show wears on. We'll also be looking ahead to Norwich. Uh, we've got Sam Megan. We've got Matt Parrish speaking to Harry Pryor. Everything that you need if you're listening to this as Tour Live. But if you're enjoying it as Tour Live, if you're enjoying it in person with us right now, you'll be seeing some happy faces in a minute or two. It, Mike, you know, we can be. You, you, you want Liverpool to be remarkably fluent at all times and maybe there's a bit of a chat about the, the, the lads who've gone away to, to to Africa lacking a teeny little bit of rhythm since they've come back from the, the little bit that we've seen so far. So, you know, Liverpool don't pull into the part, but they have opportunities to do so and what was, you know, pretty intense conditions, a sticky pitch, which I think didn't help Liverpool's sense of fluency. But all of that, you know, in the first half there, Liverpool still, to me, look like the better side. Uh, I'm not sugarcoating anything there. I think they just shade it in that period of time. But it is worth pointing out, Inter Milan, always dangerous, hit the bar.
1: Yeah, I think both teams in the first half have chances to create chances. I think Liverpool do so more often than Inter Milan, obviously, and we are a constant threat throughout. And it's just one of those games where there are times you're going going to have to suffer. It's not going to be a bed of roses throughout. It's going to be a game where you you are going to have periods where you suffer. And I think what pleased the manager the most is that when Liverpool have to defend, they defend very capably. Yeah. And I think none more so than Virgil van Dijk, who's absolutely fantastic on the night. And I think the fullbacks you we often speak about them being, you know, front foot, quite attacking, quite, you know, progressive. But I think they do the defending quite well. I think Trent Alexander-Arnold, we speak a lot about him not being a good defender or not us. Sort of, or, sort of, certain sections of maybe f- football fans, you know, speak about him not being a good defender. But I actually thought his back foot defending yesterday was quite good. So yeah. all in all, it's a really, really good performance and one that we can, we can be proud of and hopefully build on.
0: It was a throwback for me, Gareth. You know, I've I've seen I've seen Julier and Benitez teams end up in in European competition, end up in games where it's maybe not going the way you'd hope uh, all the way through. You know, you've got to respect the institution of Inter Milan. You've got to respect the San Siro. You've got to respect the fact that they're the champions of Serie A, the Serie A's best team. It was a big night for Italian football last night, and they were determined to make it as hard as possible for Liverpool. And Liverpool stand up to it. For me, that's the best part. Liverpool stand up to it in this one.
2: Yeah, look, they're not mugs, and you're not going to be playing mugs at this stage of the competition. They've got a good record at home. Uh, you know, they've got the standing in Europe, albeit that they haven't been at this stage for ten years. But even that, you know, that's that's a reason that you want to perform when you reach there. Yeah. And I thought I thought their manager talked before the game about saying he wanted to be from foot, he wanted to have a go at Liverpool. And I kind of saw it and thought, yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> you know, Liverpool will just outplay, yeah. But it, it didn't go that way. You know, they, they were, they were, the, the way the match started, it was them creating chances. It was them causing Liverpool problems. They were getting a lot of people in the box. And, and, and look, they went for it and fair play to them. And, you know, I, I think if you were watching the game as a neutral, you probably really enjoyed it. Um, I, I think in the commentary at one point, they said something like, you know, for a nil nil. At that, which it was at that point, it had been a really exciting, interesting match to watch. It wasn't quite like that when you're invested in it, of course, and you're a bit like, come on, Liverpool. Like, I'm not really into them hitting the bar yet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um,
0: and he really hit it, by the way. It was, the mo- it was one of the things <laughs> I've most seen hit the bar in my life, Gareth. I couldn't believe it didn't go in. I've never yeah. seen a bar hit like it. It goes this mad angle like a squash shot as it comes off.
2: <laughs> well, but, you know, uh, Sadio should have scored the other end. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, obviously the, the substitutions change it ma- massively and then we end up, you know, fully deserving what we got. Because I I, I watched, like, the analysis and the analysis goes on for a long time on, on BT. and They do about three different shows afterwards. And I, I was reading something, but I still had it on. And I just thought it was interesting how, like, the analysis changed from in the match, immediately post-match, to, like, an hour or so later. And an hour or so later, they were like, Liverpool have done really well there, uh, you know. Inter Milan haven't had a shot on target. Uh, Liverpool have dominated possession, or, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And you're like, yeah, you know, when you look, it's one of them performances that I think as time goes on, it'll get better. At the time when you were in it, you were like, oh, Liverpool haven't started that well here. They're getting at us yeah. down the wings and things like that. But there's a good line today. I mentioned it before on uh, Talk and Reds. A good line in the Times report, which was saying about Trent and uh, Robo. Having, I think it was 42 and 41 games respectively now in the Champions League. And you're like, I think that's what shown through for me last night. Yeah. The experience, the nous, and you think about all the different versions of Liverpool we watched over the years. We always wanted that. You know, you used to look at the squad or the first team and say, well, how many of these have won something? Well, now it's pretty much all of them. Do you know what I mean? And I I thought that now shone through in the end because it it, it would be easy for heads to go down the way we started the game and be a bit sort of overwhelmed. But they got themselves back into it and then went beyond that and, and won it, which was absolutely brilliant.
0: There's a thing here in where you, you you live in your feelings when you watch a football match. You're desperate for Liverpool to win, you're desperate for them to succeed this season. So that 15 minutes after half time, you know, it felt like it genuinely, you know, it felt like we were playing against some sort of combination of Brazil 1970 and Manchester City of 2018. It was, you know, you felt like, oh God, there's never gonna be a way out of this. And Liverpool just defend You know, in hindsight, one of my things here is that Liverpool just defend it. Canate and Van Dijk, they do the job of central defenders in the same way that sometimes, not that he was called upon, the goalkeeper save stuff is the job of a goalkeeper. Kanate and Van Dijk, we're not used to seeing them have to defend so aggressively and actively. They were called upon. They were both brilliant.
3: That's it. Like I'm, I, I can't remember a game where our centre-backs have, have so much to do in terms of you know team piling pressure on us, apart from when we play teams like Man City or something like that. Inter started that second half really good and, he, and they, were on, they were on our brief and it, it, like I say it was a period where it felt like it was drifting away from us a little bit and there's a possibility they could score but Liverpool weathered it really well. I'm not going to move on too quick but the substitutions which, which when, he, when, he, when, he, when he took Fabino off especially for me I was like is that a way to balance a midfield and it did. <laughs> uh, the, substitutions, the substitutions worked, and he showed what went, we know, yeah. didn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, i think. That is like I don't understand how that how that sorts out being overrun with midfield, taking off the Bino But the substitutions changed the game, and having, as you said before, we've longed for this to be able to bring a 50 million pound winger off the bench, and and feel strong and feel like we had the depth. It paid off last night, didn't it?
0: It, it does it does, Mike. And you know, um, in the in the comments, someone said there. You know, if if Jürgen had not made the, the the subs at that point, uh, we'd probably be having a different conversation. I think what what's dead interesting to me is is the nature of those subs, the fact that he does make the really big call on Fabinho, but what he actually gets from those players and he, and and then by extension, Thiago, is all of them just keep the ball. All they do is they just come on and keep the ball and move Liverpool up the pitch in little little quick passes, quicker movements, supporting one another a little bit more, I think, when they're in possession. Less onus to force it. Liverpool just keep the ball, and all of a sudden, Inter Milan have got no answers.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think the, the subs are like tempo-changing subs. They really help us regain control. And I actually think when Henderson plays as the number six, I think he he's underrated in that role. I think there's a, like a kind of a, a spell he has when Fabinho's out injured in 2019. The year we win the league and he plays number six and he does really, really well. And whenever he says a fill in, but I do think one of his great assets when he plays number six, he moves the ball in one and two touches, he zips it really quickly, it's really one and two touch through the lines. Um at times we need to play side to side, He play side to side. And I thought yesterday he was really, really keen in helping us to regain control.
0: There's there's a comment uh, in the as we move through here from someone called Ash. Uh I'm I'm not gonna be mean, Ash. Uh, he says, has Canarte moved ahead of Matip in the pecking order in Europe? Gareth, I think. As a collective and I mean I mean Liverpool supporters and I mean Liverpool supporters who you know love Liverpool to pieces, I think we're going to have to worry a little less about Pecking orders. We're on four fronts here. It's four yeah. different competitions. It's different opponents going from game to game. It's the players left from game to game having different energy levels. In everyone's mind, I think there is this desire, isn't there, to, to rank the players, to have a pecking order, to say X is the preferred eleven. All of this sort of stuff, for me, I think that with one or two obvious exceptions, like Virgil van Dijk as an example, like Mo Salah as an example, Alison Becker as an example, pecking order is just not going to quite be it between now and the end of the season for seven or eight of those first-team slots.
2: Absolutely, it's a it's a squad game now, isn't it? And you know, if you watch the um, if you watch Jurgen's press conference pre the match, um, he was talking about you know his delight at, at having the five subs available, and, and and he basically said, "and I will be using them," do you know, what I mean? <laughs> um, and and I think that's the way it's going to be from here on in. Like the narrative around the substitutions on the on the the, the on BT basically. Was as though like you know it's it's all gone terribly wrong and these are playing really bad and and so you know he's hauled them all off and and he's put all these on, and I was kind of like well well no this was always the plan I mean you know it it wasn't the plan for with Jotter obviously because there's there's an injury concern there and that's why Bobby comes on but certainly the other three around sixty you know I think we're regularly going to be seeing substitutions around sixty because Liverpool's style Liverpool's play relies on energy. And to have energy when you're pushing on four fronts, you're going to have to use the whole squad. So it will be who's in form, who's fittest, who's tested the best at Kirby that week, whatever it might be. I'm, I'm, the key thing, rather than talking about who's first choice and who's the first team, is the is the drop-offs between them. And, you know, if, if we're talking about there not being much of a drop-off between Matup, who's incredibly experienced, and Canate, who's not, who's only 22 years old, remember, then that's fantastic for Liverpool. Because all of a sudden... We've got in pretty much every area right now, and fingers crossed it remains the case. We've we've got the strength in depth. We we all used to moan about City's strength and depth, almost be like, oh, it's annoying, isn't it? Because if he's out, they just bring him in. You know, we're getting to that kind of level now. So you know, there's and Diaz. Uh, you know, I'm absolutely delighted with him because I thought. I was excited as everyone else about him coming in, but I did think, well, how much will we see? Will he have this period, which is almost traditional on the clock now, that he beds in, that you don't see him that much? I think he's just jibbed that. I, I think I think he's not interested in that, Diaz. <laughs> um, he wants to play now. He wants to be involved now. We, You know, he's probably pushing... For a place in the cup final, starting lineup and things like that, he's not interested in any period where you know he's laying in the ropes or whatever. He's straight in, he's on it, and he was great again last night.
0: He was great, Keo. I think he. I think there's a physicality about him beyond just the fact that he's he's remarkably quick. You see him win his own little, fl- you know, he basically wins his own flick on at one point. The last Liverpool player that I saw did, that was a He's you know he's he's very very smart, very very clever. But he knows that he can he can stretch those legs of his, and I think you you know the subs are, the, the big sub where he does the three. I think that Henderson and Kiter offer loads of stability, loads of great touch football. But Diaz makes them go. Oh Christ, we're going to have to drop again here. We're going to have to drop another few yards and a couple of big balls to him, couple of big switches from Henderson. It just makes their whole defense go. We've got to go another five yards back, and that doesn't half help us regain the the, the the advantage. Yeah, what I love about him is.
3: He, when he gets the ball, he seems like it's the first thing on his mind is to make something happen. He's direct and he gets he gets our players. I, I agree. It's similar to when Yota come in. He there wasn't a sort of period where which Fabino had or Robertson had where he, you know he didn't make the starting eleven for a for a little while. This is a player who's ready to come straight in. And to be honest, what I love about him is that like that South American attitude of winning his battles all the time. It happens at the weekend and it, again we're like he, he stretches to make the to make to make that pass, you know what I mean? And he seems like we like a player that we've we've needed because obviously we've had options off the bench in Minamino in the league with the very different types of players. This is a player that can can fulfil that Mane and Salah role of getting at players, getting behind players, doing things on the byline. I'm excited for him. I think we've done it again. I think we found a real, really, real
0: talent. He's he's one Mike where I the good thing about him is there's an enthusiasm that sort of comes off him. I think you saw it to a degree when he was at Porto when we faced them. But for me, what I love about this right now is, you know, he's just delighted to be part of this Liverpool set or part of this Liverpool squad. And I think that that will massively help in terms of the managing of everyone's role and minutes. You know, for me, he's he's got a lot of th- big 30s in him in certain matches. I suspect he might start at the weekend and I'm excited about that. But I think he's got a lot of big 30s in him where you feel as though he's going to massively impact matches late for Liverpool and he's going to do so with an unbelievable level of desire i'm not a, not a hint of why didn't you start me in the first place
1: yeah he plays a game of real like effervescence and a real exuberance that is quite refreshing really and we speak a lot about how how signings are going to impact us but i actually think it's been really nice seeing how happy he is to play for liverpool and how happy he is to kind of be around the group and be around the lads like it's just he just looks so happy and joyous to be here and i think we speak about squad depth and cities and city squad depth and by a minute squad depth maybe I actually think in attack, our squad that is as good as any in Europe, in fact, the best. So yeah. it's really good to have like a, a player like him, of his quality, in attack. And I do think, I hope he starts in the weekend because I do think it will be a good game to start to get him, Norwich at home, 3 o'clock on, on a Saturday. Seems like a kind of perfect chance for him to kind of make a mark in the Premier League. So, yeah, just hoping for more to come from him because, and as we've all mentioned, there is no pecking order at the moment. Guys like Diaz will have their moments. Guys like Minamino might even have their moments at times. You know, Divac might have a moment. I'm sure he's got one more big moment left for us. So, it's exciting times.
0: Just come back to you on, on this, Mike. You know, the idea of the subs. The, the, Liverpool have got left, potentially, if they go all the way in all competitions, potentially 25 games left. And they break into 14 Premier League games and 11, what we can call, sort of cup games. Yeah. Within that, in all 11 of those cup games, the manager is able to use five subs. And to me, that's absolutely fascinating. You know, and let's just sort of square this circle even more. By the time after they face Norwich and after they face uh, Leeds, that split then is 12 Premier League games and 11 games where he's got a five-sub option. And, you know, the extent to which this is now an enormous squad game for Liverpool, you sort of struggle to put it in words. You know, the benches are huge in the first place, and then he's able to make five swaps over the course of a 90 minutes. Absolutely everyone's going to be involved.
1: It is like we all need to be patient and kind of acknowledge that everyone's going to have their moments. I think Joe Gomez is one that I'm sort of thinking about at the moment because I think he'll be a valuable asset for Liverpool, kind of long term, also short term thinking between now and May. And I think he will get his moment at some point. He will get a chance to start a game, hopefully, build build some momentum. So this is a squad game. and, And I think. I think about kind of Liverpool 2019 when we won the league and, and sort of everyone kind of plays a role in that in that sort of league winning season. I think about Champions League is well. Everyone plays a role. Shakiri plays a role. Origi, they all yeah. play a role. And I think the same will happen now. But players are going to have their kind of their own moments, their own kind of contributions to make. Some some less than others, but they'd all have a role to play. And that's kind of what Ponce, I imagine, kind of a good squad that will contribute
0: because everyone's always desperate to talk about jordan henderson gareth one of the things that you can end up overlooking is last couple of games i think have been quite significant for Nabi kiter two tougher ways in difficult difficult conditions and i think he's impressed uh both you know i think he has a really good 90 against burnley it's a very very useful uh half an hour there against uh, against inter milan it's it's important that he gets to build on this I'm, I'm i'm excited for him between the end of the between now and the end of the campaign too
2: yeah, absolutely. I, I think he's been and tidy for me. Um, yeah, which is, which is what we want. Which is what you want when you're in the middle of the park. Um, you know, the, I think w- one of the reasons that a lot of people got on Hendo's back the other day is that he gave it away a lot against Burnley. He was much, much better last night. He was in the 90-odd percent, I think, in terms of, you know, finding the man. But, but Naby consistently over those two games has, has been pretty, you know, clever, good, what you want uh, and able to play a part as well. I mean, you know, there's still there's still a big question mark over his future for me at Liverpool, but if you can get something out of him right now, as we're all saying, we we need everyone in the squad to contribute all, all the way through, and I just hope that there's there's something building. Now I really think there is because yeah, I, I think Burnley w- was one where I would have loved to see what it was like in the dressing room afterwards. Again, it's the same last night in that. You know, even Virgil, obviously, Virgil's just incredibly cool every time he's in front of a camera and was again last night. But there was something about him where he was like, yeah, yeah, you know. The, he glowed
0: you know, with happiness, I thought, yeah, Gareth. The, yeah. the, there was like happiness emanating he, out of his paws. It, like,
2: it was like he knew. He knew. He knew how important it was. He knew it was important to almost be under the cosh a little bit and then emerge the other side. All of that's brilliant for confidence and for the psychology of the whole situation. And now we've got two home games coming up. Uh, there's cup final places at stake in terms of in the team and stuff like that so that surely pushes motivation right through the roof as well and it's just, it, it just feels fantastic it feels like something's building and and we know with Liverpool that when something builds and everyone gets on board and there's a vibe around games and around the city that's that's when we're special and that's when there's like a bit of a almost like an emotional edge to Liverpool that I think maybe some other clubs don't have
0: Uh, Last little thing on Keough is obviously we've got to be really clear. The the, the players themselves have been really clear. The manager's been really clear. It's only half time. This is an Inter Milan side that look very capable of putting a big 45 minutes together. So there is a job to be done, a major job to be done at Anfield. You do feel a bit like if Liverpool score the first goal in that game, you know, the hill becomes difficult for Inter Milan to climb. But Ultimately, you know there is another big European night coming with another another big reward for it in terms of a quarterfinal. We couldn't be in a much of a better position, but there is still work to be done.
3: Definitely, and I think maybe a few years ago that point of we, we, we worry us a little bit more. But the fact that we've got a squad full of players who've been to two Champions League finals, lost one, gone on and won one, I think we've got you know we've got the mentality to to make sure that nothing stupid happens at anfield um they played brilliant last night i was impressed by inter i think the you know there's a reason they're challenging for syria there's a reason um you know the runners about because they were a good side and like i say they, they, they whacked the bar they, they pull us under the cosh but it's another european night at anfield and i think they don't think they've ever been fighting on four fronts like this coming into like march you know so it's, it's an exciting time and so i think we mention then something's building i love when that happens every season i can remember watching liverpool we get to a moment after christmas where we get a bit of momentum and we feel like something special is happening we normally put a new song um on the cop as well when that happens which is which is happening so the omens are building up and i just thought we can go right the distance
0: um nothing to be scared of mike just you know to round it off here Paris Saint-Germain, really good side, got a good result against Real Madrid. Manchester City are, are through. We're not going to do the half-time chat for them. They are through. Um, Munich drew 1-1 last night. Chelsea are the reigning champions. Beyond that, Liverpool can can give all of them a game, and I'd, I'd back them to the hilt uh, against three of those four in terms of getting a result. Um, and I fancy us against City as well in the, in the in the long haul. This is this is a, a hell of a season for this European Cup, and Liverpool look, look as equipped
1: as anybody. Yeah, we do. I think we're the favourites. I mean, you look at kind of Pep's interview after the sporting match, and he's there worrying about Liverpool kind of being a pain in his ass. So Status says it all. He knows how good we are. And I think there's no club in Europe to thrive on momentum better than us. So kind of when we get into the running around March around April, May, when the momentum builds, when the cop gets up for it, there's no club. There's no club better. And I think we will kind of build some momentum. I think we will hopefully win the cup final next week and that will be kind of another step towards the right direction. Just like, I just can't stop smiling. I'm just so excited. (laughs) This could be like the season of our lives. You know, these are literally the glory days. These are days that we've waited for our whole lives. And yeah, I I just honestly cannot wait to see what happens
0: can't wait to see what happens one of the things that will be happening is Liverpool will be facing Norwich City uh, on Saturday at Anfield we'll be talking more about that if you're listening to this as a podcast uh, but before then you've got Harriet uh, and John uh, Harriet speaking to Matt Parish at the LFC Foundation uh, John speaking to Sam Megan uh, that's coming up now
4: and it is John Gibbons for Tower Live and glad to be joined in the studio and it's nice just to have guests to be honest with you now uh, but also when it's old friends I've got Sam Megan here to talk about ripping up so Sam thanks so much for coming in no thank you for having me John it's, uh, it's nice to finally be on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, people in the city, uh, especially in the music business, will know you well. You've done lots of things, uh, lots of interesting, sorts of creative things. Uh, but you're here to talk about uh, "Rip It Up." So, uh, just let everyone know a bit more about what it is.
5: Yeah, so I run a program um, in partnership with Sound City. Uh, it's called "Rip It Up," and it's just um, it's like an educational program as well as like an applicational applicational if that's the word program whereby um, people from disadvantaged backgrounds who you know want to get the first sort of get on the first rung of the ladder in the in music industry, can. And it gives them that opportunity. And they also
4: get a bursary at the end of it, which is always quite nice. Yeah, well, no, absolutely. I mean, and anything that... You know can 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 support you know a, a, an emerging band and a young band is vital isn't it because you know i vaguely remember being a young musician sam myself but you know you can feel like you're you know you're, you've 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 got a tight sound and you've got good tunes and stuff like that but you don't really know to do what next do you know what i mean where do we take it apart from you know playing it to me mates
5: well that's the thing i think you know it, i mean sim- like similarly to you i remember you know having all the gear and no idea <laughs> and i think I I was, you know, a, a good good example of a kid who sort of had the hunger to try and do something with the talent but had no idea how to do it. And this is, you know, an opportunity for people so that, you know, if they wanna learn how to click like click into the right places with the talent that they've already got, but with the notes that they need to go that next step, this is giving them that opportunity. But I think the most important, but obviously, you know, a lot of people sign up because of the the money that they get at the end of it, but that is also important because it is a selected sort of process whereby people who we know aren't, haven't got access to funds and wouldn't necessarily ever have access to funds
4: before the age of eighteen or whatever uh, will have it. And there's lots of things that a musician could spend that money on, isn't there? And people might not necessarily realise. People might think, oh, you know, you give a eighteen year old kid who likes music, uh, you know, five hundred quid, he'll buy a bass guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, I mean, I mean, they might, but it's more likely, you know, just just they'll spend it on promo for a single or something like that or, or to get like a booking agent or something or or, or you know all these things that like you, you don't think about necessarily before you're in those moments that that, that, can, that can make a big difference
5: well I mean one of the things I was really surprised by is that uh, last year's applicants are quite studious one of them actually bought their first ever laptop which I was I was actually really pleased with that one and another one uh, used it to make a music video in his yeah. student's house which actually I've seen it since is amazing. He papered over all the walls and slathered loads of blue paint all around. That I can't imagine his landlord was happy, but it looked great, and he spent all the money on, you know, obviously getting the decent video footage and all that stuff. And I think this the thing, it's, I don't, you know, I don't know if many people can relate to this, but when you've had no money and then you get some money, it's often the people who've had none that spend it more wisely and understand, you know, each penny can count towards something more important. And it could be, I mean, you know, it's not all musicians. One of them bought DJ decks as well. I've never bought a set of DJ decks. I didn't think that money could go that far, but it did. And now she's yeah. doing shows down in London, which is, you know, it's amazing for her. So, yeah, it's it, it's interesting to see where they end up spending it and what they actually get out of it long term. Because, that, you know, the money the money side of it actually goes beyond, you know, the, the six-month program they're on. That can go to, I mean, what's the, what's the warranty on a laptop? It can be anything between a year and, I don't know, five years, depending on how, much you look after it so yeah that's the exciting bit in my opinion seeing them
4: spend it on themselves because i don't think enough people do that mm, absolutely <laughs> no no absolutely <laughs> absolutely i want to give a bit of a shout out to sound city as well uh because you, know, you mentioned you're doing this program along with them and they've been a, a massive part of, of developing young musicians in the city for a long time now when people from outside of liverpool will be aware of the festival you know it's award-winning we, we talk about it a lot and it really showcases you know, the talents in this, in this city, but also obviously worldwide, and, and it's all about emerging artists and, and your next favorite band, but that's one weekend a year, whereas throughout the year, they're, they're doing, you know, pro, involved in programs in this, they have been sort of a long time, really, and, and they do a lot of good in this city, don't yeah, they?
5: Yeah, 100%. I feel, sorry, it's just like, it's just as you were saying it, I feel like their legacy on the face of it is the bookings that they have a knack of doing, which is like, Ten years in advance of the artists getting big and everyone's yeah. like, when did you book them? Yeah. But the actual you know, the actual benefit they bring to the city goes unnoticed in terms of just the development of people. You know, I mean, Dave and himself has developed people like Simon Barber, right fruits to a guy called Brendan Walsh, who's product manager, I think, at Universal now. And then, you know, not that I'm up there or anything like that, but you know, he had a great deal of hand in me and what I've done. And, you know, likewise if you think about every single person they've taught or trained through their programs from either ripper up or other programs that they do you know it's amazing really some of the the benefits of being associated
4: with that company like are yeah absolutely absolutely and they're still doing it so if people are listening to this and and they want to get involved or they're thinking oh you know i don't be my uncle's nephew's niece or whatever that, that is, is 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 a rapper or whatever and how do people you know either find out more information or apply
5: so they just head to the sound city website and there should be a tab along the top uh, that says rip It up and then you just click that and apply uh, one of the things that i would point out is that it's for 18 to 25 year olds uh, it is primarily focused towards people from a black asian and ethnic minority background uh, and Yeah, uh, that's it really. Yeah, it uh, it closes on the 25th of Feb and, you know, the actual session starts 9th of March and there'll be,
4: I think, an hour and a half once a week up until late May. But it must be exciting to think, you know, that... there's all this talent out there and people who are going to get in touch and people who are going to apply it then if you've started sort of looking at the applicants yet, yeah. yeah, but you know there'll be someone in the bedroom in Birkenhead or whatever who's, who's going to absolutely blow you away
5: well I mean this I was saying someone jokingly the other day because I'll be honest John like I have been asked a few times why I do this given that I already sort of have a job and you know <laughs> do that as well but I was like it's the only way I can actually sleep at night to be honest because like what I do is very much about you know sort of, well, it's not helping myself, it's helping others, but with benefits to myself. This is something that I do purely for other people and I get to see these kids grow. Mm. Um I say that as if I'm old, but I'm not. I'm only 26, but like, you know, as an example, I, I speak to a lot of them still now, and you know, from last year and I saw one, one girl, Lavia, she's just gone off and got a job out of this. Another girl, Jen, who's now working with me a little bit, has also got a job. You know, a guy called Mantra ends up doing a deal, like signing a deal with a label. Mm. It's like, it's amazing to think that, just a little bit of help and nudging the right direction, you know, and they've managed to do all this themselves. It's nice to be part of, to be honest. It makes me sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah,
4: it's nice to be part of, you know, the what's going on in the city and obviously encouraging, you know, the, the talent because we know the talent's here. And, and you can see that at the moment in the charts, you know, there's a lovely moment where... A couple of weeks ago, I was I was driving home, listening to the charts, seeing where Webster's album was yeah. going to place and obviously got to number three. But then suddenly in the singles charts, there's a young rapper who's in the top 20, hazy stuff. And you're like, there's, there's still plenty going on here. And, and that's just one week. I mean, I don't want to get into the whole North-South music debate, but obviously I have a lot of
5: friends based in the South who work in music. And I was saying to just one of them just the other day about how funny I'm finding that the industry's based down there. But like some of the output from the North and primarily Liverpool at the moment is absolutely insane mm. you know Webster and Hazy being you know two very good examples but then you look at like I don't know crawlers I yeah. mean you know they've they done 20 million streams on one single there wow. do you know how hard that actually like is in this day and age you know there's Court and, and um you know the nationally quite well there's the, I mean there's loads of examples obviously my mind's gone blank now but it's it is exciting it's an exciting time to be in liverpool and i'm just grateful that i live in manchester at the minute <laughs>
4: <laughs> sam Tom, man uh, thanks for coming in um so again you know if people know anyone 18 to 25 uh young musicians as you say primarily uh, focused on, on on those those groups but you know people it sounds City sounds City website is the best place to go to find out more it sure is yeah Tom, man thanks for coming in nice to <laughs> see nice you out, yeah, it's nice to see you
6: and I am now joined by Matt Parish from the LFC Foundation to chat about some of the things they've been up to recently. But first of all, thanks for coming on, Matt, and having a chat to us.
7: No problem, Harriet. Good to see you. And thanks, thanks for having me.
6: So first of all, you recently partnered with the Islamic Relief UK and the Liverpool Mosque Regions Network. And it's really interesting what you've been doing. And I think maybe a lot of our listeners won't have heard about it. So can you just tell us a bit more about, about your partnership with them?
7: Yeah, I think it's, it's building on really, Harriet, a sort of the club's longstanding support in terms of, of both food poverty, but also working with the, you know as wide a section of the community of the Liverpool city region as we can. Um, I think from the perspective of the food poverty piece, it's um, sadly the need is, you know, it's certainly not going anywhere if anything is growing. Um, I think what Islamic Relief do and the Liverpool regional mosque network is they recognise that they feel they can do play a part, um, and, and through Islamic Relief funding it, we work with the Anfield Stadium team, who are amazing and they turn things around and they create uh, food parcels. I think in the last um, the last drive a couple of weeks ago was the 500 food parcels of various community groups across the city, um, which followed pretty quickly after the Christmas campaign, something very similar was done. So it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity to work together. And I think from our perspective, it, it helps to show what's best about Liverpool. I.e. Everyone works together. You know, we're all. I'm, I'm whilst I'm not a scouser by accent. I'm, I'm you know uh, uh, my little boys now. But the the fact that the, the city and the region was one to sort of help people that, that need a bit more support.
6: Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned the boxes there being packed by LFC staff and they're being delivered across the city. Is it is it something that everyone at the club is really keen to get involved with and, and help help with? Do they love getting involved and being hands on deck?
7: yeah and and i think the the the, the stadium team at, at anfield are unbelievable and they sort of those sort of unseen people that in the background that do do amazing stuff and the, sometimes i worry that we ask too much and they just turn it round but i mean i think something that we haven't talked about loads is they they started doing thousand meals a week during uh, lockdown and that which are, which we around north liverpool and Kirby and to other groups they're still doing that so I need to actually check check the sums, but I think it's over 100,000 meals have been delivered. Fresh meals are, are prepared every Thursday and distributed. So they just, you know, they do that because they can. And they, I think I get the sense that some stuff was done during COVID and has stopped, but they've just decided that we started doing it. It's part of what we do now. Um, they, I think they actually look forward to the Christmas hampers and making them up. I think it's part of the, the routine now and they want to do it and they want to help. And it's, I suppose it's their way of, of playing their part and supporting.
6: Yeah, absolutely. And working alongside Islamic Relief is that is why did you identify that as a specific area that you wanted to get involved with and you felt you could help with?
7: No, yeah, well, we've done we've done work with the uh, Liverpool Regional Moss Network. For some time. Um, we did uh, a Taste Ramadan uh, event not long after I'd started at Liverpool. I was told that there'd be a couple of hundred people down at the pier head for this event and I got there and I was to speak on stage and it was I think it was about 12,000 people which was quite, <laughs> quite daunting. Um, but again we, we've done some work with the guys there around running different sessions and programmes anyway and then they they they've historically worked with Islamic Relief who, who, have, who have funded work? Is only relief in fairness have funded work with ourselves. I think I know with the Celtic Foundation, um, and I think I'm right in saying Aston Villa and some other clubs, Leeds United. So, but I think we were one of the first to work with them. And what we have is the local networks alongside the the Moss network, and we could get that out to schools, community groups, etc. So it was a it was just a great example of partnership work, and it's all bringing together the different streams to to, to deliver to deliver support to those that need it most.
6: Yeah, definitely. And at the foundation, I know you have lots of different areas that you work in. And one is obviously the food poverty. And I think there has been, it's it's fair to say during the pandemic, a stark rise in, in Liverpool and across the country, really, in families needing financial assistance and help with food. Is is that something that you notice, you know, with, with the work that you do and are, and are keen to help out more and more as much as you can with?
7: Yeah, I mean I think and the the food the food poverty support work is sort of driven by the the Red Neighbours team here at the club, the, CS, the club CSR team. And it's something that I think they identified with consultation with the community about four or five years ago, um, well over that now, probably over five years ago now, that was a real need. I think sadly, it, it hasn't gone away. I think the, the club are obviously closely attached with supporting the amazing fans supporting food banks uh, movement, which I think I'm right in saying was started by Liverpool and Everton fans here and, and it is now sort of spreading across the country. Um, it, it, it is, clearly apparent to us from the, the young people in the schools we work with, we've had a, a request, not well enough coming from a, a school about worried about the kids at over half term and not getting fed things, you know, there are initiatives out there. There's the, um, uh, the holiday activity and food programme, which is new. You know, we know about Marcus Rashford and others using his platform brilliantly to, to, to raise the, raise awareness to the fact that the needs out there and it's, I suppose, ultimately it's shocking that, in, in this donation that that need is there but it's a, it, it's something that we you know we feel we can help with there's something about awareness there's something about supporting where we can we were able to donate funding to food banks across the liverpool city region during COVID. but ultimately that was you know that was fans fundraising that was us we were the sort of conduit to get it to the food banks but that was fans saying well, that's something that's important to them and and and, and donating their money
6: yeah, well as fans before we move on to talk about kind of things you're doing is what would you say to us that how, how can we help? And is it you know around taking taking food on match days or any other things that we can do to get involved?
7: So yeah, if, if fans want to get involved, if fans want to get involved and in support in terms of uh, the food piece, the easiest way is to, is to come and donate before games. Um the, the guys there from Fan Supporting Food Banks are there, Rain or Shine, um Liverpool Games and Everton Games. Um and you'll find a lot of other clubs around the area who are now doing it, uh, non league clubs as well. So please just, you know, never, don't ever think a donation's too small. You know, it doesn't have to be two bags of shopping, it can be, that's brilliant. But it can be a couple of tins. Um, so anything that's, that's longer lasting, I think often um, hygiene product products as well, um, deodorants, sanitary products, baby products, any, anything nappies, you know, it, 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 none of it will go to waste. So please do, yeah, bring your stuff down to the matches.
6: Yeah, absolutely. They do great work there, and they're there every every single match day. So do donate. There's a couple of other things going on at the foundation. You've got the the Barca Legends game coming up at Anfield in March. Tell us a bit more about that, and what legends we can expect to see.
7: Yeah, well, it's our it's our I suppose it's our showpiece event. We we were we were really excited. We sold out the Barca game um, when it was launched in uh, late 2019. Well, I think we would sold it out. But it was launched in October, and I think we sold it out by Christmas. 2019, obviously, and we were due to play at the end of March. Obviously, uh, a a global pandemic got in the way, um, and it was cancelled or was postponed initially, and then cancelled. Finally, getting it back on. So, uh, Saturday the 26th of March, playing Barcel Legends at Anfield. Um, Ticket sales are going well. I think we're in and around um, 40,000 sales already. Obviously, so we're not a million miles away. But it'd be brilliant to sell out. But the the tickets are going far. We. Announced Daniel Agger, uh, Maxi Rodriguez, um, Dirk Kite. We've, we're announcing sort of names every week. We're, rather than announce all at one, we're doing them we're gradually, announcing the names as we go. So we're going to have a great lineup. Hopefully, the Barca guys are going to be strong as well. So, and the, the, the key point to it is, is you know, if we set out, we should raise around a million pounds and all our work, um, primarily here in the Liverpool City region and then also alongside. Right like to play with side by side so and, it, and it's also a great day it showcases what we do it's a great day it's an opportunity to see some great football and some legends at Anfield. um and, it, and it's as i say it's, it's it is our key fundraiser annual fundraiser and we haven't been able to do it unfortunately for a couple of years so we're looking forward to it
6: well yeah definitely great to see it back and 100 of the proceeds from that go back into the foundation don't they so they, that makes a big difference to all the work that you do
7: yeah, all proceeds come to us, and then we both use that to fund our work, but also to fund others. So we, <coughs> we been contributing towards the Home of a Foundation again, um, working with uh, Right to Play on the Side by Side campaign, and and it also gives us that opportunity to it fund some of our work that we do free in schools. It uh, goes some of it goes towards our Football Hardship Fund, which we run with uh, Liverpool City Council and uh, Everton Football Club as well. So it's it it goes across the, the raft of the programmes we do but it's, as i say it's been for all for everyone it's been a challenging couple of years to to not hold that has been a challenge for us because i suppose frustratingly it's, it's stopped us funding so many other brilliant organisations that that operate across our across our region
6: yeah absolutely it was great to have it back and great to see you you continuing all the great work that you always do at the foundation and and we love we love hearing about it so matt thanks for coming on again it's been it's been great to speak to you today
0: no, thanks, Harriet. Thanks for, thanks for having us. We are back. It is lovely, lovely, lovely to be back with Kieran, with Gareth and with Mike for the days of our lives as Mike frames it there, Gareth. And that's the sort of chat, me and you can get right behind.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, you know, a, a, a game against Norwich City in different circumstances would be one you could imagine. Spurs are floating around for it. People are sort of like, the weather's grim and all this. But because of where we are and where we're at and where we're going, it feels like one where you like can't wait to get in there and see them again, to be honest. Can't wait to see what the team is. Can't wait to see us score, hopefully, a chef full of goals. I mean, we've had two performances there away from home where we've had, I think it's fair to say, we've had to dig in. <laughs> 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 and, <laughs> and I'd quite like us to have like one that isn't as, as tested on the heart now. Do you know what I mean? And I look at Norwich and I look at where they are on the table. I look at that they've won. I think it's four games in the league all season. Only scored fourteen goals, which must be grim, by the way. Uh, when, you know we scored sixty-one in the league alone. You know I I I'm looking forward to hopefully a really convincing performance around what I was saying before as well about the buzz that must be in the changing room as well. So if you get a start in any position at the weekend, you're going okay. I want to keep this spot. I want to play at Wembley. I want to play the second leg against Inter. You know, And so there's that there's that carrot constantly dangling now for all of these players. So yeah, really excited about it.
0: Let's be clear, uh, and any side that comes to Anfield uh, in any competition needs to be treated with the utmost respect. That's the nature of this. That's the way in which it's got to be. And that's got to happen professionally. Within the club, it's got to happen at all levels. That's That's what Liverpool Football Club's about. And it's the way in which we'll get results. That said, Liverpool's remaining fixtures this season. They've got a game against Norwich at home, a game against Watford at home, and a game against Leeds at home. These are all sides quite emphatically at the bottom of the table. Leeds are a bit weird. Uh, Watford are managed by Hodgson. Um, Norwich could well be Liverpool's easiest remaining game between now and the end of the season. To say that isn't to be disrespectful. It's just to rank all the teams that Liverpool face and, and the problems they could pose and end up just saying if there's anyone that feels as though it'll be a banker for the Reds, it's Saturday.
3: Definitely like, I mean, you know, Norwich recently battered by City, down the bottom of the league struggling, as you said, the other fixtures throw up some some different challenges. This is a game where Liverpool should prosper. And I think we've mentioned before, like Van Dyke looking happy when they've come through tough games. Last night was a tough game. You know, I think this is the perfect opportunity for Liverpool to... To benefit from, from all, all the emotions over the past couple of weeks and play the football at Anfield in, in a game that's not going to be, you know, like, tougher as going to the San Siro. But as you say, that's why we've got this manager here because this manager won't let anybody for a second get complacent. He won't, he won't treat anybody with, with anything less than the utmost respect. Um, we've got to t- 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 take each game as it comes. I know it's cliche I'm on, on a sound like one of the players or the manager there, but I, I feel the same. Take each game as it comes, beat Norwich on Saturday and keep moving.
0: Um, Norwich have played so far, Mike, 11 games uh, against the sides that are currently occupy the top nine. Uh, out of those 11, uh, they have not scored a single goal. Um, they have conceded 31, uh, which means that they're averaging conceding in those games three goals a game, just shy of three goals a game. I'll say it again. You know, it is important that the respect is there. It is important that if Liverpool work hard, that they work as they work as hard as they can in that game on Saturday until it feels as though the game is the game is won. My point would be that Liverpool, if they do do that, if they do show the right respect, if they do show the right work ethic, they should be. We should be looking at this by the hour mark and saying they can begin to relax a little bit now. The Reds, the job's done.
1: 100 yeah, percent i think it's a game where players will be looking to kind of build some some maybe some momentum and form i'm thinking about players like mo salah who's come back from Afcon and looks of not quite himself and i do think if Liverpool play at their best to the best ability of course they're going to beat norwich because you know liverpool are significantly better than norwich city so it should be a, it should be a game that we should sure look forward to you know these are all really really important games you can't afford to take anyone for granted because yeah this is it's an exciting time of the season you know norwich aren't obviously a great side but we need to win these games. We need to hopefully win these games to put pressure on City because City will trip up at some point. There's no doubt about that. It's up to us to keep winning games. We can't afford a game for granted. It's use this game as a chance to build some momentum, gets more points on the board, and be, and keep 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 winning.
0: When Guasiola was referring to us as a pain in his ass, Gareth, <laughs> there was uh he made mention that it's six points, the gap's six points. Um, no, uh which I suspect is, is a little bit of him talking to his players as well. I reckon it's a little bit of just presuming they've won that game, lads. Nothing's home and hosed here. Presume they've won that game. But the truth is that for the first time, we play first. Uh, on Saturday, and they will kick off and hopefully the gap will be six points and they then have got Tottenham it's big Saturday, you know, and again, without being complacent about our bit of this job, which is to beat Norwich City, there's a chance Tottenham have lost today on the bounce, but I, I, I don't believe Antonio Conte is in the business of losing four league games on the bounce at any stage of a season. There's a chance Saturday that, that could look a little bit different than the way in which it has done recently. And there will be that moment for half an hour before kickoff, where with a bit of luck, that gap will be six points. And suddenly that league table will look like, yeah, let's have some of this.
2: And look, imagine, imagine they do slip up. Imagine what all of a sudden how that transforms the city.
0: Be a heavy Saturday night, Gareth.
2: Exactly, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. You know, that's all it takes. Like the, you know, we we were talking about it earlier in the week, weren't you? And I were, we? And I was saying then, you know, I don't get the sort of Devon Lock comparisons. There's not, no. they're not that far in front. They're not. There's, the, the Liverpool aren't out of this yet. And I, you know, well, I, I like I like the vibe from Mike about you know, be even be thinking about goal difference here because look, titles have been won on goal difference before. And currently, we're five behind on the goal difference. So you know, a nice six nil win on Saturday. All of a sudden, we turn that round. Uh, Spurs gets up against City, and then yeah, and then we're out until Monday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's an option. Uh i tell you what, it's an option if you pull it together. Gareth, what what do you think he'll do with the selection? Because he does have the option. You know, you've mentioned the cup final on the horizon. I think we can say with all certainty in his current first eleven, you know, his definite first eleven nailed on first eleven, and so far as we can see it, Virgil van Dijk's in that team. Um yeah. Is there an option to rest Virgil? Do you think Virgil would stand for it? Do you think he just runs Virgil right the way through, and he maybe just gets the cup fifth round off? Um, there's a few others in there. Are you expecting anything, any, any, anything left field, or do you think it'll be a? Do you think it, it'll be it'll be the lads you'd expect with maybe three or four changes?
2: Yeah, that uh, I, I think with Virgil, I think he wants to play. I think he's what I think we we've got to be we've got to take that into consideration in 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 the modern game more than we used to in the past. Like players don't just take fully getting dictated to anymore, I don't think. And there are certain players, I would probably say Mo's one of them as well, where you've got to consider what he wants. Like, Mo wants to play every single fucking game for Liverpool. And if he's dropped or he's on the bench or whatever, he's not happy. And you want him to be happy. And he's got incredible fitness, etc. I actually think Virgil plays better as well when he's in the rhythm, and he's looking like he's starting to be in the rhythm. I've yeah. seen in the comments before like he's got his turbocharger charger back, and it does feel a little bit like that. I, I mean, maybe he read them weird comments from Paolo Di and thought, "Well, I'll show you, lad." <laughs> uh, I, I I like to think so, but you know, he's in his rhythm, so why would you, why would you remove him? And Liverpool are a better side when he's in the side, and so I think maybe you see Matip come back in. For canate i think it's the usual lads at fullback. and look i just think i think you know they're probably playing even if the fitness levels aren't where they are for some of them there's just the adrenaline currently of the feel good of the cup final on the horizon um you'd expect henderson i think to come back in after his cameo because it was a good cameo um fabinho for me currently is another one who's who's a little bit like van Dijk where you just have him in. I just think we're a better side when he's about. And you can do the it's only Norwich out. But then you can do what you've already said, which is get the game won, use your subs around 60. And, you know, bring on a load a load, a load more hungry lads on 60. A tired Norwich defence going, fucking hell, we're already 3 0 down. And now you're bringing them on, are you? I, I'd like to think we might TD as start. You said that before. And, I, you know, I'd like to think that, that that will happen because I think he deserves it. I think um, if you do meritocracy stuff, then he's shown enough so far that he, de- he deserves a start at Anfield.
0: But I nice to see Diaz start, wouldn't it, Keogh? Um In there, I think that'd be great. I think at some point it'd be good to see Gomez get a bit of time on the pitch, but he might have to wait for the cup game. And then in there as well, you know, has had a couple of good performances, but Chamberlain is meant, meant to have picked up a little bit of a knock at one point in there. You, he's got so many options in midfield, but I would like to see Diaz start.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think the point about K today is a good one. I mean, Naby's frustrated a lot of people over the past couple of years with you know consistency issues, and he is. A, he's in a runner for me. He's he, he's put it in, and I think I I'd like to see him play at the weekend. But Diaz is the one for me. I, the main one I'd like to see because I think the goal comes at the weekend if he starts. Um, he's done everything when he's been on the pitch that that, he, that we could ask of him. He's, he wants the ball. He gets our players. So. Yeah, I think I think we'll see him at the weekend. I, I do think Klopp will play him, but similar to what Gareth said, I think it's a case of playing our strongest team and getting to 60 minutes and being able to pull them off, as opposed to you know being at 60 minutes at nil nil not going our way and trying to bring players on to affect it.
0: Without knowing with Jota, I don't think they're going to want to risk anyone, for Mike, at this stage. And certainly not for Norwich at home. You know, it, it isn't a cup final. What that begs the question, i take Gareth's point completely um, around Salah will want to play, you'll be desperate to play. That's the, the sort of the nature of who he is. You nodded along with a lot of the Diaz chat, Mike. So it throws up to me a little bit of an interesting one as to my start number nine. I'd love to see them maybe look at starting Sadio there and having him get a game through the middle of the pitch at home. Uh, not to criticise Firmino off the back of the excellent header, but I feel as though with the nature of what Norwich are going to do, which is sit so deep, the idea of needing a bridge between attack and midfield, I, j- I just don't think we quite need that at home very often. And Firmino offers that, and he does that really, really well, I think, at times. But he hasn't scored a goal at Anfield in the Premier League for 14 months. You know, for me, I do wonder if it might be an interesting one to just have this unbelievable amount of pace and ball carrying Diaz one side, Salah the other, through the middle Sadio.
1: Yeah, I, I would start. I would start that front three because I think what you, what you can afford to do against Norwich, it's not taking them for granted or anything, but you can afford to try a few things. Have a little you look. To, yeah, have a little look. See if Mane is Mane is a number nine might be something you want to look at long term. So, I'd absolutely would would do that. I think Diaz definitely deserves to start because it is a game that you'd expect him to not be. It's not going to be the most testing game of his Liverpool career against Norwich at home on a, on on Saturday. It'll be a nice game for him to build momentum on Salah and Mane. I do you think they both actually. I think they both need to start partly because they both have looked a bit off. Yeah. It would be nice to get kind of get them right ahead of the cup final. So I think I would start them against both Norwich and Leeds. I wouldn't give them the full 90 in both games. I'd probably take Salah off around 70 against Norwich, around 70 against Leeds as well. But I definitely would give them both games. It would be nice to kind of see Mane play number nine because he has played there before for us, I think, but fleetingly. But it would be nice to maybe see that from the start against Norwich since he had that looks.
0: Um, I'm not gonna ask you for uh, predictions or even scoreline predictions because we'll all sound a bit daft. and Well, I think we might also all sound a little bit cocky. It's a game that'll take some winning. The the, the key thing about it, Gareth, is that the they come through unscathed, it comes through straightforward. Um that ultimately we are able to settle down and watch Manchester City against Tottenham, just knowing we've done our job. It's it's an important, important day Saturday for our for our wider ambitions and for once that's not entirely dictated by what we do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like you say, it's just nice that it's flipped a little bit. I mean, you know, whatever Pep's reason is for mentioning us, I, I think it's good for us. It's good for our support. It's good. We've all shared it with our mates this week and gone. We're in his head and all that kind of stuff. And even if we're not, um, I, I just think that's good. Like, let's get let's get this vibe going around what we're doing. I was thinking before, you know, in a way, a weird way, I don't know, it might sound a little bit weird, but I'm... I, like I don't want us to get complacent about that second leg against Inter. I almost wish, wish there was a little bit more riding on it because I wanted a massive Anfield night and yeah. I wanted like a greeting the coach and all that kind of stuff to to get everyone buzzing about this team because I still feel like there's a little bit of uh, people aren't letting themselves go enough. I don't know whether that's just because they're a little bit down about what we've all lived through, or whether they're a little bit down about, you know, city dominating football and isn't it a bit boring? But we've got we've got we've got chances to lay one on their chin this season, right now. So like let's get behind them, let's make that happen. Let's play our part and let's get in there and support their heads on Saturday. Like like I said before, you know, Norwich in other circumstances could be that could be the one where it's it's a little bit quiet and you know, different people go because they can't be bothered and all that kind of gear that we've seen so many times for years, by the way, in different eras, it's gone on forever. But I just hope everyone sort of human nature around this now is like there's something building, so let's be part of what we're building here. Are
0: you uh, are you you anywhere before the match on Saturday, Keo? Yeah, I'm in the sand and I'm on day release from prison. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, so yeah, I'll be playing in the sand and I'll be getting everyone up for it like I normally do, and I agree with Gareth there. Like it's there's no like I said before, there's moments in season if you look back where we where we start to feel something special is happening. <laughs> and it was the FA Cup game last week come out and think I thought I can't remember us ever fighting on four fronts at this at this point in the season I looked into it and we hadn't before you know what I mean it's been a long time since we've been fighting on all fronts so yeah something special is happening and we do need to get behind the team and, he, and even and like I say even if we don't catch City and they got and they do keep winning every game being boring then we've got a potential <laughs> cup treble on you know what I mean like like It could be 2001 again, but this time with the European Cup instead. So there's definitely a lot to shout about and a lot to get behind the team for.
0: There absolutely is. Listen, thank you very much indeed to Gareth to Keo, and to Mike. Check out Keo there on Saturday in the Sandin uh, before it all starts, before it all goes off and hopefully it is a rambunctious one against Norwich, an enjoyable one against Norwich. Hopefully there is everything we want to possibly get behind. Subscribe to the Anfield Wrap, download the app uh, and you can check out everything for free uh, in amongst there. Once you download the app, you'll get some tokens, listen to whatever you like. Loads of great stuff post-match after the uh, Milan game. Loads to look forward to. A cup final on the horizon. Uh, thank you again, Mike. Mike Keo, Gareth uh, in elsewhere. We had Sam, we had Harriet, uh, we had Matt and we had John. Uh, It has been your tour live this week. Liverpool are on all fronts. They are going to go all the way. Never been a better time.